airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And um, I was a little intense yesterday. Just <laughs> no, a it was good, bit. though, man. Uh, you have to say it that, It was Bob. necessary. No, it was you necessary. You have to say that, Bob. I appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you so much. You I always mean, help me out so look, much. That's some things we need to be a little intense man, about. Man, I'm, I'm just telling you, I you never know? wanted to be normal that we murder babies in this country. Right. And I certainly don't want it to be normal that we murder them Amazon style. Like we Man. just get it shipped to our house. Can you, I mean, we now we like Bezos babies. You know what I mean? Like we Man. just, you know, yeah. I mean, I probably shouldn't make that thing. Sorry, Jeff. Probably like, Look, don't <laughs> do that to my name. People already hate me. He, yeah. He's the one. He probably don't care. Let me stop. I don't know. Jeff, I don't know what Jeff his views are on that. Jeff Bezos. Well, you could guess. You could guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could guess and you'd probably be right. Uh, Jeff Bezos is the one He's like, look, I got a lot of people mad at me already. Well, he's making right? a lot more so, money right now. You saw that? And how bad uh, uh, can I be? <laughs> like billions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a portion of the proceeds goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I think in terms of the songs from musicals, <laughs> in terms of the songs from musicals, every situation seems to have one. Every situation seems to have one. Anyways, a little bit of an intense show yesterday, but you know, um, not not to not to be indulgent or anything like that, but really to encourage the body of Christ, man. Like we gotta let's all be outraged, right? Like let's not all normalize that and make it just a part of oh, we're just let let us be grieved, let us be vexed, be vexed. by the things that are happening yes. around us on a regular basis. Um, I think the confirmation of your um, proximity to the Lord. And your understanding of the times, um, you're being steeped in the word, you're being in regular communion and fellowship with the body, Mm -hmm. right? I think part of an indication of that is your vexation. Mm. It's it's being bothered by what's happening in the culture. If you're just sort of like, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's that bad. I, you know, I would say, man, come on, you got to. Yeah. You need some jumper cables. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need some jumper cables, Man. you know? Yeah. And uh and maybe a quick YouTube video, red and black ones, you know, <laughs> where they go and just right. get get jolted just a little bit. So anyway, <laughs> today, um was there anything that we left undone? I know we didn't open the phone lines yesterday. Right. And uh we got a message from one of our one of our listeners, our brother and friend, um, Jerry, who said, Man, I was ready to go. I'd taken some notes. He's that kind of person. Yeah, he is. We've, we've we, posted we, his yeah, notes before. Yeah, we've posted before. his notes before. Yeah, he's very detailed, <laughs> which is Jerry which is great. takes notes within notes. That's what he does, right? <laughs> his notes take notes. That's right. Um, but he he was like, I took some notes, and so I said, you know, I was think, well, no, I didn't, I didn't say this because I was very busy, Jerry. So I read your message, but I didn't get to respond, which happens a lot. Anybody do that? You yeah. ever write a message or think a message and then believe that you sent that, but all you did was think it? You ever do that? You ever, and you're almost certain you don't do that because you're very diligent. See, I'm more scattered than you are, which is why, you know, I'm constantly 
probably spreading myself too thin. But I'm, I think that. And then I'm like, oh, man. And sometimes I don't know. See, we have different um, operating systems for our phones. You're an Android person. Yeah, pretty much. And and I'm an iPhone person. I tried. Sure. I tried to be an Android person. You didn't try very hard. It lasted man, a week. I ended two. up getting that phone. You did. I passed like, it down. You can have it. <laughs> I just could not. I tried. Oh, thank you. I tried. I really did, so that we could be on one accord. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but after it was determined that we were both falling in a ditch using that operating system, just kidding. No, uh, just kidding it. to the Android people. <laughs> it's cool. With um, me. Everybody's all mad. Um, but anyways. <laughs> What I was going to say is that with the iPhone, mm-hmm. you can you can type a message mm-hmm. and then move on. And it just sits there waiting for you to send it. And so I have actually gone back to, as the kids call it, texting boxes, where I realized, man, I typed that a few days ago and never you hit send. Like never... Can you do that on the yeah. Android? Well, that makes it just as bad as the special. iPhone. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a good thing. I think <laughs> there should be some sort of notice for us folks. And you know what we can do too? You know, you what, know how on it? you should always show me on on your iPhone when you were messaging some somebody, you can tell if they got it and if they were oh, writing back. Oh, you guys back. finally caught up to that? Yeah, we can do that. You finally on caught up to that to see when a person is responding. If somebody has Android. Yeah. Yeah, but you get yeah. very few messages where you can see because most of your friends True. and colleagues use an iPhone. But the people that so, count. <laughs> oh bob I mean, you, you count too but that. i'm just saying but the uh, other look, people that you count. gotta say that if you gotta say <laughs> mickey you count i don't know how convinced i am i don't know if i believe it and and look and here you go incidentally we are talking about marriage today. all right so <laughs> yay that's, <laughs> that's it i you know anybody got you have to there's just certain things that you have to have in any healthy marriage, mm-hmm. you have to have a good sense of humor, right? You have to be able to um, forgive, right? There's two mm-hmm. things you have to, you know, you have to have a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You have to have a heart that is postured to forgive. Some of us have to grow into that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's true. I don't know what yeah. you're snickering at. No, because okay. it's true. You're not perfect, Bob. <laughs> Wait, I, I just said because it's, I'm agreeing with you, actually. No, it's the way it's I can I, I mean, can hear on. your thoughts. I can hear the things wow. you're thinking. And I, no, See, you're not perfect. Marriage. I don't That's care what, what your about. mama says about you. <laughs> like, I don't care what your mama yeah. says about you. Um, anyways, so you, you have to have that. Mm-hmm. And, and then also a good marriage counselor on speed dial <laughs> or in your texting box right. where you can just shoot a quick <laughs> <Right>. message. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, all my spiritual friends are like, and what about a good prayer life, Brenda? <laughs> And you're like, yes. Of course. Right? That goes without saying. All right. Wow. Lord, I, help me so. not to hurt him. Like that's the top <laughs> of the prayer list. Oh, wow. Right there. Lord, help me. That's your intercession me... well, for your husband? Um, I mean, no, Lord, help no, me not to hurt that him. No, because that sounds so bad. <laughs> wow. Lord help, me. Lord, help me not to hurt him. No, that just, I know. Okay. Maybe once. Or twice <clears throat> when things got really bad. Um, anyways, today we're talking about marriage. How do we think biblically about marriage? That is mm. the question. And then ultimately where I want to land is uh, can training our children right now save marriage in America? Mm. Can oh, training boy. our children right now Resounding. Can we save marriage yes. in, Amer- in America? You, is it, you say yes? Yes. I agree with you. 
but I know we got to talk more about it. I was going to say, so let's go home. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, for everyone who says, let Will talk more, you he would be in and out like a burger. I don't That's have, it. I mean, yay. Get to the point. He gets yes. to the point. He says what he wants to say on an issue, and that is it. So, again, I hate to – guys, what I'm saying here is you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. You guys, yeah, you get a treat by right? hearing Mickey Moore. <laughs> this yes. is the filler. I'm helping you here because, <laughs> yes. I mean, it would be a short trip. You know yeah, what I mean? It, it if you're, you need something you're listening to, you're on the road. I hope you're just going around the corner if and, Will's hosting. And, 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 you know, everything's <laughs> like that. When I go to the grocery store – I'm laser focused. Get what I boom, 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 gone. I mean, I think it's not only with my speaking, but it's just it's with my actions as you know, well. I, I mean, I'm just let's, why, why waste time? Let's get to the point. Let's, let's not talk about the way you go to the grocery store because again, I know you don't like it, but hey, we're talking about marriage. Like, <laughs> I'm like so so okay okay laser to focus. all of, to all of the other Brendas out there. Let's have a moment where we all relate to each other about Bob. Okay, does does your Bob do this? <laughs> just turned into an infomercial. <laughs> Does your Bob go to the store and get only what's on his list? Yes, that's me. Only like only what's on the list. Man. And you know what? Right now, there's some Brenda's who are saying, well, I do that, too. What's wrong with that? Just the <laughs> fact that there are other things that you need. That's yeah. it. The only thing wrong you're with right, that you're is right. that there are things that are not on your list that you need. We are so- much happier when you go to the store. But when I go, I'm just getting what's on that list because I'm trying to get out of <laughs> and there. And I'm like... I'm like, didn't you notice that we were out of this? And you're like, no. oh, yeah, but I didn't think no. about it. No, no, Well, you usually tell me you didn't uh-uh. think about that. You were I just did, getting what was I on the list. I noticed what was on the list. That's what <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> All right. Um, during the break, counselors are standing by. This is the kind of stuff, guys. But this is why you need a healthy sense of humor, right? Like, because we can get over sure. it because we're not shopping now. <laughs> right. It's only funny because it's not happening now. Yeah, you can right? look back and laugh. But when you don't come back with rice. Which, yeah. by the way, I mean, I just don't know what I usually your kids. Because they well, devour rice. <laughs> rice. <laughs> it's like a staple. In... Sacks of rice a week. Yeah. And we taught the second born how to prepare it herself, how to make it herself, because she loves rice so much. Yes. And people are like, rice and what, hon? Nope. Uh, just, butter, rice. You know. just rice. Just <laughs> rice. Just rice. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> just rice. Mom, can I make rice? Like, I mean, for what? that's just a for meal. Lunch? Like, they love it. I, I don't. Well, I don't at least know. the second uh, born. I mean, I, the other ones that may one. be getting a little tired, but she because, is like yeah. always like rice. Give me rice. Anyways, so yeah. yeah, you're right. You have gotten better at bringing that back. All right, here is a story that's kind of driven the discussion for mm-hmm. today, um, and this is interesting. So I want to toggle between two stories: one from the Wall Street Journal and one from One News Now. Um, also picking up on this information that is out about marriages, the U.S. marriage rate um, having fallen to its all-time low. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, 6 point, uh, 6%, I'm sorry, 6% in 2018. And so I want to have a discussion around that because the question is how do we – how do we make marriage great again in America? Mm. How do we get people to see the value of marriage and why has marriage been devalued um, Pastor Robert Jeffries has some thoughts on this, and he's quoted in this One News Now article that we're going to look at. Um, but what I really want to do is the kinds of things that we do on this show on a regular basis is we look at the Bible. So we go back to the Word of God to determine how we are to think and what we're to feel about issues, right? If you feel like, well, I don't know, I don't have a good starting point, I don't have a good personal point of reference, that that actually is okay. It gives you an advantage Mm. because it makes you desperate to know what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. when we think we already know or we have these experiences, it makes us not so dependent on the word of God. But you're you're in a good place 
to be looking to the word of God for um, answers to these issues. So here is the story from the Wall Street Journal. The share of Americans getting married has fallen to its lowest level on record, according to government figures that were released at the end of last month. And this reflects um, how economic insecurity and changing norms are eroding the institution. So economic insecurity and changing norms are eroding the institution. Of course, you could look at, you know, the economic insecurities. This is mm -hmm. this has long been a question um, when people talk about why they do and don't get married. But I think probably some of the greater concern is the changing norms that it's just, oh, well, mm. marriage was once what we did. Right. right. There's no need for it anymore. There's no need for that anymore. We just don't need to do that. And so mm -hmm. you have to ask your question, why is marriage seen that way? Again, Pastor Robert Jeffress has some um, thoughts on that, and I want to share those. I think those are insightful. And so we can have a conversation around that. The U.S. marriage rate fell 6% in 2018, with 6.5 new unions formed for every 1,000 people, according to this report. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, probably the, the lowest... I think, let's see, there's some other numbers here. The new report shows how marriage rates plunged near the start of the Great Depression in the 1930s, then rebounded sharply after World War II. Looking mm. at you, boomers. <laughs> you guys were the products of that booming marriage rate mm -hmm. in the United States of America, hitting a high of 16.4% of, uh, I'm sorry, 16.4 marriages per 1,000 people in 1946. The marriage rate uh, began a near steady decline in 1982, that lasted until 2009, then remained near flat before inching upward in 2014. So what has happened hmm. now here on the other side of 2014 that has seen marriage decline yet again? Many Americans are opting to form households without tying the knot. Mm. So... We obviously know, I say obviously, I, I assume that it's obvious. We know that people are still connecting. Right. People are still getting together. Mm -hmm. We know that there are children still being both born and aborted. Yeah. Right. So we know that people are behaving as if they're married, to say it simply. Yeah. yeah. But they are simply deciding, deciding that being married is no longer necessary they point to strange, uh, strange, <laughs> strained finances um, as the top reason, hmm. but also, also declining religious adherence and growing acceptance of unmarried cohabitation hmm. have played a role. So the more we accept, the more it grows. Wow. Think about that. Aaron wow. the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. They said that boy insane, he gone, he lost his brain He too zealous, he just trying to go against the grain He got his whole life ahead of him, so this is strange But they don't get that getting other shit just isn't game And marriage isn't pain, in fact it's love and joy Guys plan for man and woman, they want to destroy But acting like it's prison, avoid it cause it's hard Look honestly, if it don't hurt, then you ain't loving hard Look at Jesus on the cross, he got a ton of scars Laid his life down for his bread, cause his love is large. My Lord, he set the bar high, and I'm falling short. But I'll be standing with my Savior when I'm calling court. So please forgive Welcome me. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Trip Lee with Good Thing. 
Very appropriate. We're talking about marriage. Yeah, Very not? appropriate. You know, I, I will say this, though. I mentioned yesterday that our our desire in America for happiness or our pursuit of happiness, um, I would also categorize that pursuit as one of the reasons why, you know, marriage is kind of falling out of favor with people. Hmm. Because if you if marriage is just to make you happy. There's tons of reasons why not? I mean, right? Because mm. it's not you're not always happy, right. right? There, there is sacrifice, there is compromise, there is pain, there's all of these things. But if holiness is the pursuit, then yeah, marriage has that in spades. I mean, there is a true sanctifying work that happens within the context of marriage. I don't want to get too far ahead of the discussion, but mm-hmm. I think one of the ways that we can start to normalize marriage and even encourage, I, I would say, um, create a desire. Um, for marriage is to make sure that we constantly point our kids and grandkids, depending on where you are, toward a biblical understanding of marriage. Because as it is right now, the millennials, the largest demographic among us, they are of marrying age. They're in their 20s and 30s, and yet the marriage rate is still dropping. Yeah, yeah. So we should see such a large group Mm -hmm. ready to marry out there getting married, then the marriage rate should be increasing. Yeah. As it is, that's not happening. So we Mm. have to ask ourselves, why isn't that happening? Mm. Have we, the church, and this, you know, again, we can handle it. We have to have broad shoulders. When we say that we're salt and light, that's not not a sedity or prideful claim. That's a claim of responsibility. Yeah. When you say you're salt and light, it's not just like, you know know what I mean? It's not prancing out with your hair done. Right. It's a a responsibility. responsibility. You you got to live like that. And so- then I think the question is, okay, so can can we look at the, the church? Have we, um, maybe unwittingly, we didn't intend to do it, but have we denigrated marriage in a way? Mm. Have we told our kids that marriage is something that it isn't? Do we teach our daughters that marriage is the wedding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I think that has been the mindset. You know, I think when we look even at uh, the divorce rate within the body of Christ, I think that's telling the story to our children as well. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, And so I I think there's a responsibility that the church does bear the people of God, you know, the body of Christ in passing that down to the next generation as well. You know, how do we live uh, godly lives as far as uh, marriages, you know, and family is concerned? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we start right now. I mean, I think that's the one thing that I, I wish that husbands and wives understood mm-hmm. that it's not, Oh, when my kid gets married, then they will come to me for marriage advice. Right. You know what I mean? And I'll try to steer them in this direction or I'll try to no, but it's right now. Like yeah. your kids are watching you right now and that becomes their advice for the future. And really nothing really works that way. I'll wait until it's, it seemed like in the, in the context of our families, you know, as you look at different things that we want our, our kids to, you know, uh, take, take up, it starts you know, in the 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 vicinity of the of the home, like the the right environment now. of the home, yeah. Right now, yeah. when they're young, and they grow into you know certain things as well. And interestingly enough, too, and and we'll probably come back to this, but the the instruction, <clears throat> excuse me, the instruction largely starts without words. Yeah, the it's demonstrated. That's right. You know, it is it is how. I mean, it's it's simple things. I'm yeah. I, you know I'm not saying this is stuff on anybody's toes. I'm just saying. You know, and it's so good that I can't see anybody, but it's it's <laughs> it's how you respond to your husband in the presence of your kids mm. that exemplifies what marriage is and, and how person. it is to be desired. Yes. Right. Yes. And vice versa. Right. 
Um, it's 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 not just okay. Yes, your father said, and then when daddy's not present, saying, "But I say." Right. You know what Come I mean? <laughs> right. It's not it's not that because then then you show that uh that there's not any real authority there, that there's not mm. any any order that the Lord clearly lays out in scripture. So let's go back to this. Um the, there's a one news now article, and as always, we'll put both of these links in um in the podcast notes. So if you go back and get the podcast, you can read both of these articles. I think they're interesting and I think they're worth having a conversation around um this article from One News Now. Um, out at the beginning of this month, so just a few days old. Um, marriage is on decline. Uh, you can thank Joe marrying Joey. So the article says you can thank Joe marrying Joey. Hmm. And um, Dr. Robert Jeffress um, gives some, I guess, in, insight as to why um, we have seen a decline in marriages. And um, he goes back to Obergefell, the Obergefell hmm. de- decision in 2015 that legalized same-sex marriages in all 50 states, um, including states where it was banned. And this is what he says. I'm going to quote him here as he's quoted in this in this article. Uh, One News Now, you can get it. He says, whenever you counterfeit something, you cheapen the value of the real thing. Mm. Whenever you counterfeit something, you cheapen the value of the real thing. And he goes on. And if you expand marriage to basically any definition you want, two men, two women, three men, and a woman— He says, I mean, if marriage is what you want it to be, why bother to get married at all? Now, I think when we read things like that, we probably start to think, well, the church is not doing that in mass. Like the church is not doing that in large numbers. Mm -hmm. I think the church has a different problem. I I do think that that is largely the problem. Mm -hmm. But I think the church has a different problem that is subtle and that we have not been adequately taught what marriage is and what marriage isn't. Right. And I think often we think of marriage and we portray this. um, We you know, this is, um, I, I guess, demonstrated for our children. We largely think if we are honest, we largely think that marriage is to make us happy. Mm. Right. Um, In fact, I remember and one of the one, one of the most unromantic moves, I remember asking you why you wanted to marry me, <laughs> and I just my my perception was that marriage is about the emotion, right? That marriage is like so. This is what I feel, which is interesting though, because the thing that was sort of like my here is this is the reason that I was certain that I could marry you because I could follow you Mm -hmm. until that point I had, which, but I never thought about that. Like I thought it was okay for me to have that as the reason. Yeah, You know, I should have asked you first. You should have. And then that would have shown me how, you know, one sided my thinking was, but I never thought of that as like not a romantic reason to marry someone. But the reason I, I was like, Oh, I could marry him was because I needed to, I needed to see a man that I would be willing to follow, mm-hmm. not forced to follow, not, you know, dragged behind this man, but mm-hmm. but that I would be willing to submit to and be willing to follow. And when I saw that and I felt that I felt like, oh, man, I could I could marry I could marry the bishop. And so then when I asked you when I asked you the question, why do you want to marry me? Yeah. And what was your answer? I said, because I because there's purpose and destiny, in- which at the time was like, what? Like I heard records, I heard records scratch. That the but Lord you know, put us together for kingdom work. <laughs> biblically, Why? I mean, 
That's that a- is precisely the reason that you would marry, <laughs> which is crazy, right? I mean, because I don't think you had done these long, exhaustive studies on like the purpose of marriage, but the Lord had placed that in your heart. He really did. As yeah, that's that's, that's the reason why. that we should get married. Yes. So, so if you look at Genesis, and this is, and so the whole now I'm shifting to how do we train our children and training them to, in such a way that we, the church, can take the lead in saving marriage in America. Again, remember, our charge, salt and light, Mm -hmm. bears great responsibility. So we are to be doing, we are to be occupying, we are to be making gains, right? Um, So we, the church, we need to step in and change people's perception of marriage. The church needs to have her perception of marriage changed as well. Mm. If you go back to the very beginning, and again, the charge is to start training our kids to think this way. Yeah. In our conversations and the way this is illustrated in our homes, um, the way we interact with one another. Can I also say this? Not to, again, not to be toe stepping, but also in the types of content we allow our kids to watch that changes their perception of marriage. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I know that there are tons of romantic movie lovers out there. I mean, it's a whole genre. It's a thing, right? But it almost always involves this flimsy definition of love that is 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 not a biblical picture at all. There is there's always this follow your heart, do what makes you happy type thing that surrounds the storyline. And so one of the things that I've tried to do is protect our daughters against that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's sap without a purpose. <laughs> you know, right. it's like it's all sappy and, and lovey. But it, it, it changes their mind and it changes their thinking about marriage so that when they grow up, what are they looking for? They're looking for just the butterflies. <laughs> They're looking for just that feeling of, you complete me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, he's not supposed to. <laughs> it's two complete people becoming one and being complete in Jesus first and foremost, not, not waiting for the other person. You're not, we're not a, a bunch of half people walking around mm-hmm. waiting for our other half. It's right. two holes that become one. It's a mystery, right? It, and it's, you know, but it's not, it's not like the movies, but I digress. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get back to the scriptures, right? So in Genesis chapter one, it's interesting that when you look at verses 26 through 28, there is inherent purpose in the design of man. Mm-hmm. So God has a purpose for this man and he designs him to meet that purpose. He designs him to fill that purpose. The Bible tells us that God designs Adam and he puts him in the garden, right? He gives him a job, Mm -hmm. but not just the garden, but also overseeing and having dominion over these other creatures that God has, has created. Yeah. So there's inherent design or inherent purpose in the way he is designed. And when he is fulfilling that purpose, there he is. And the Lord says, you know, it's not good for him to be alone. Now, this is one of my favorite parts here, especially for um, our young girls who tend to struggle with what it is to be a helper. Mm. Right. Because our culture has done something. Man, and I, I hate that this is true, but our culture has done something with the woman's perception of her role as a helper. Right. Mm. So in Genesis chapter two, verses five through nine. And then again, verses 15 through 18, you can read it and you've read, you've read the creation account. You know what it is, right? Um, I'm going to look, I'm going to skip in the interest of time. Um, 
let me just say this and then I'll, I'll read a passage of the scripture and then I wouldn't recommend that everybody go back and read it. Because again, remember the ultimate purpose is that we're trying to make marriage great again. So we're trying to shape the way our kids think about marriage. God's yeah. design of a helper for Adam is linked to the purpose that God has for Adam. Mm-hmm. His design of a helper for him is linked to the purpose that he has for him. It's not just, it's not just emotion and feel good, right? It is, she is described as a suitable, suitable helper. Yeah. A help meet. A lot of people say help mate. That's not what it says, y'all. To help meet, to to meet, to help, right? Help meet is what she's described as. So in Genesis chapter two, verses nineteen through verses nineteen through twenty-five, you look at the word of God says, "Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them." So he's do he's fulfilling his purpose. Right. He's doing what it is that God has created him to do, and whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. There was not found a helper fit for him. And then in verse 21, so the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man Uh, Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So here is something that's really interesting, right? So God is going to make a suitable helper for Adam, but there's no helper that is found already among him that's Mm -hmm. suitable, right? There's no (laughs) helper. So this already tells you that the purpose of woman is not just the service of man. Because if her purpose is solely linked to the purpose that Adam has, right, then couldn't there have been a beast of burden that's suitable to help him in the garden? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There must be more. There must be more that Adam needs. There must be more. So this helper status is not a downgrade. And here is something that's really interesting. So the Hebrew word here is Isaiah, right? Um, This is also a term that is used of God in the Old Testament. The same term helper that God uses of Eve, I will find a suitable helper for this man is the same term that is used of God in the Old Testament. Psalm chapter 33, verse 20. It's so interesting, guys. When you you teach your kids this, then you don't have your girls feeling like that's it. I'm just his helper. (laughs) It's not a downgrade. There was great (laughs) excitement in that. And they're like, man, I'm going to spend the rest of my life being a suitable helper. And I hope we don't run out of time because when you get to the New Testament, Mm. And you see that the Holy Spirit Amen. is referred to as the helper. Mm. Guys, we have something far greater than we credit it with. Mm. And we have allowed it to dissolve in our culture because lazy, <laughs> because pursuit of happiness. Come on, now. You understand what I'm saying? Our marriages are worth fighting for. They're, they're, they are so illustrative of God's wisdom and his sovereignty and his building and his making of a case. Right. From Old Testament to New Testament. God is going to show us what he's doing. Psalm 33, 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help. That's mm. Isaiah. That's the same help Come that on. is used and described of Eve. He is our help and our shield. Psalm chapter 70, verse 5, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. Mm. O Lord, do not delay. So God was not bringing to Adam just some little flimsy like, hey, you need somebody, something nice to look at. He, he was bringing him a helper. Amen. 
This carries with it a huge responsibility. It's not just about a dress and a ring. All right, we got to grab the break. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio will be right back. I got seven minutes to unpack the rest of my information before I open the phone lines. I got seven minutes. I think I can do it. I'm just going to jump right back into it. Welcome back to Aaron <laughs> the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's Tori Kelly, Soul's Anthem. Our brother Marty is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in seven minutes, Marty. Seven in minutes. In seven minutes. Okay, so, <laughs> so here we go. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore, the man... Uh, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh... And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. And as the, the scriptures unfold, we learn uh, through the prophet Malachi, we learn that the Lord has a reason for this one flesh union. He reveals this in the chapter 2 of Malachi that what was God seeking? He was seeking godly offspring by mm. making the two one flesh. Mm. He was, this, had, this had nothing to do. And, and here again, also this idea mm-hmm. of not being unequally yoked, not being joined together in any type of pagan relationship. Why? Because it undermines the the potential or the, the probability that you're going to have godly offspring because now what are you doing? You're in one household with competing thoughts. Wow. You're yeah. in one household yeah. with competing ideas. And so this had nothing to do with the color of somebody's skin, people. Right. Come on. Nothing at all. It had everything to do Come with on. idolatry and paganism and false God worship. That's right. That's right. And why? And God makes it very clear why he was forbidding it. Don't intermarry. Not because I don't like their skin color <laughs> or their hair texture. Come on. It's, it's because they don't worship me. Mm. I am Yahweh, the one true and living God. If you blend with them, you're going to fall away. And you compromise the integrity of your offspring. Come on. So there's great purpose in what God has done in putting together sound marriages, right? Mm. And we, the church, we have a responsibility to preserve that. So I left off talking about how um, as the wife, the wife is the helper. And this is not a term that is to be a downgrade, right? What has Satan done? Satan has made the wife desire not to be the helper. Mm. What is Satan has so deceived that the wife is not is not content to be the helper because she sees this as a downgrade. She sees this as an inferior title. And one other scripture, we're very familiar with this one. Psalm 121 verses one and two. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And what is that? That is the same term helper that the Lord uses when he describes Eve. So the Lord doesn't downgrade himself in describing himself as our help or our helper. And the same is true in the New Testament when the Lord Jesus Christ describes the Holy Spirit as the helper. Let me say this to to women. It is so important for us to make sure that our young girls understand what their purpose is in marriage and that it is not some sort of inferior or downgraded purpose, but that it is an express purpose that the Lord has designed in his wisdom that we complement one another, right? And it's interesting because the very title 
or the very purpose that Eve has, you sh you see that she operates in direct rebellion against. She is not acting mm. as Adam's helper. Yeah, yeah. Right? She she is, in fact, doing the exact opposite. Right. It's amazing. And this has been a pattern in our marital relationships ever since. But the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is named the helper. Amen. And the Greek word is parakletos, right? Mm -hmm. Um, now, listen, this is going to blow your mind. If you if you study the word of God, there are things that you see and you say, wow, Lord, you know, in God's infinite wisdom, there are things that he has put in the word for us to be able to understand and to apply to our lives. So here you have the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. The Greek um, for helper is parakletos means called to one's aid. But but watch this. It's properly defined as a legal term. Mm -hmm. It's an advocate, one who makes the right judgment call because of being close to the situation. Mm. <laughs> now, if we say if we Man. say that marriage sanctifies us, who's closer to you than your spouse and can Come make on. the right judgment call about your areas of weakness because they're close <laughs> to the situation? Oh, it hurts, though. It hurts. Oh, my goodness. And I got to get out. I'm done. Don't tell me that about. Nope. You don't. Man, you don't that's tell what the Holy Spirit does. Oh, it hurts. You, you. But again, when the pursuit <laughs> is holiness, we hmm. take it. Come on. When that's the pursuit good. is holiness, we say, man, you know, that's <laughs> right. I, I shouldn't blow up like that. Man, okay, I see what you did there. Okay, yeah, that's right. So what other union do we have that has that type of proximity where two people are so close, hmm. dare we say they become one flesh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that each of them is able to aid in the sanctification process of the other because of proximity, because of that love, because of what God has built in that. When you see all of that, and it's very intricate, and it's all woven together, by the time you get to Ephesians chapter five, come on, man, <laughs> by the time you get to the Apostle Paul and his letter to the Ephesians and he's talking about wives submitting to their husbands and he's talking about husbands loving their wives. And then the illustration is that this marriage relationship is a picture of Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, right? Right. Without Christ as the head of the church, then there is nothing that sanctifies us. There is nothing that sets us apart. There is nothing that makes us different. I mean, we're just a social club. We're just a collection of people who all like each other. But Jesus Christ, as the head of his body, the church, mm -hmm. sanctifies us, Amen. makes us different. There is something that happens in marriage, and this is why we fight for it. We don't fight for it because it's an American tradition, folks. That's we right. know it's not. We know it didn't originate with us. We fight for it because it's a picture of Christ in the church. We fight for marriage because we understand that when it's denigrated in our culture, look at what we have. Look at the chaos. Look right. at what surrounds us. We can begin right now <clears throat> to, and I say this tongue in cheek, to make marriage great again <laughs> for our children. Mm. If we're going to turn it around, it's not going to only be through legislation. Come on Even now. if we never repeal, see some decisions repealed, if you will. Mm -hmm. We've got to make sure that our children understand what marriage is, That's that right. our daughters That's understand right. what marriage is, and that our sons That's understand right. what marriage That's is. That's right. That's right. We, the church, are tasked with doing this. That's right. And until we get it right, we can continue to shake our head at the world and say that they don't understand what marriage is. But the one who is more accountable is the one who has Christ and still doesn't understand what marriage is. 888-589-8840. Mm. 
888-589-8840. Um, all-time lowest numbers of people getting married in this country. That's the that's the conversation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that the church must do right now? Can we, I don't know, I guess so to speak, re reclaim marriage? Can we reclaim marriage? Um, I say yes. I say, I say it's to. not a done deal. We have to. I mean, yeah. if, if we think about it, that's that's the bedrock, you know, and if we desire to see even the church, you know, become stronger, um, man, our, our homes and our marriages have to be strong, you know, and we model that in, in truth, you know, in its purity and all of its, you know, ugliness or, you know, beauty mm-hmm. for our kids to see, you know, how we work together, how, you know, we are refined, you know what I'm saying? All that shapes who they are as well and what they expect and what they begin to to want when they when they get older and and, and get married i would say look even when and especially when they don't see us um getting it right right you know this whole feeling of that we've got yeah man we have to be transparent we have to be i mean that's one of the themes that we see in the book of acts we Mm -hmm. see this church growing um over whom christ is the head and you see all sorts of transparency that these and which should endear you to the scriptures that you're reading, that yeah. you are not reading about these super Christians or these, as Paul, you know, kind of, you know, sarcastically put it, these super apostles. Mm. You know what I mean? This is, but you're reading about real men and r- real women. And you see an incredible amount of transparency. We should have that in our homes. Right. Where When we get it wrong, we say, man, that's wrong. Right. You say, you know, I shouldn't respond like that. I remember, you know, one of the one of the man and I. I We'll go to the phone lines here, 888-589-8840. But that's probably one of the hardest things for us to be able to master is, um, you know, (laughs) victory over the flesh, Mm, right? Yes. Um, Playing our part in our marriage and not seeing either part as something that we wish we could do other. You understand what I'm saying? If you look at it, where's the greatest source of the attack? The greatest source of the attack is to cause each party to not want to operate according to their purpose. So the woman doesn't want to be the helper. She wants to lead, mm-hmm. right? And the mm-hmm. husband doesn't want to lead. He'd rather just like, yeah, go ahead, dear. Mm-hmm. He just, he'd rather mm-hmm. be the helper, right? Yep. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to Jerry in Tennessee. Hi, Jerry. Well, hello, Addison. <laughs> How are you guys? Doing good. Hey, Jerry. Uh, all right. I was, I was still taking notes. I wasn't ready to go on yet. <laughs> um, You're so funny. <laughs> Y'all, hey, I just want to say on a on a serious note, y'all are such great ambassadors for marriage. Y'all have such a good time together. You're so respectful. I am I'm convicted at the way I uh, I am a husband sometimes wow. by the way you are so good to each other. So I really appreciate that. Well, um, God bless you, Jerry. One of my one of my first proofs of that is uh, Miki. I notice Will laughing hysterically at you a lot on the show, <laughs> and um, I mean you're funny. But Will is hard to make laugh sometimes. Dude, have, he is. Uh, <laughs> I have I have said funny stuff to Will before, and I look at him, and he looks like Mount Rushmore. And, uh, <laughs> man, he, wow. And he, he, man, he is laughing. He is laughing and having a good time with you. Hey, just to um, Will, I'm sorry. I'm, that was a joke. No, no, that's, that, that's oh, cool. very funny. <laughs> you, you laugh just as big at me as you do at Mickey. Um, yes. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, um, some of my thoughts from yesterday kind of come over to today and right now Will just broke out in a sweat because he's thinking, I saw those notes. Don't you get into all that? Um, (laughs) the, um, you know, I, I think the number of believers 
in America is maybe below 10%. Now, a whole lot of people mm-hmm. say they are Christ followers, but it's way low. Mm-hmm. So marriage is a result of godliness. It is a reflection of godliness. Mm-hmm. If our godliness has shrunk in America to where we only have less than 10%, or let's just even say it's 20%, that's a big minority, um, we can't expect to have good marriages in America. Mm-hmm. I think if we want if we want stronger marriages, we need stronger disciples, and we need more disciples. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got, a, we've, got so, we've got our eggs in so many baskets. We're worried about China. We're worried about the economy. We're worried about the election. We're worried about all this. I just don't think that first church was worried about all that stuff. They, they only had enough mm. to run the church and pay attention to the church. And I'll just throw out one, one quick thing. Think about the way we are with our kids sometimes. We are so desperate for them to do well in school so they can maybe get a scholarship, so they can maybe, uh, you know, get a big career. And how many of us are worried about, hey, I've got to make sure my child, my son, knows how to be a godly husband and father. Mm. I've got to make sure my daughter knows how to do it. Oh, come on, Jerry. What if we invested in in them like that for those kind of things? Jerry, you're right. You're right on that. And I I think that will yield great fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, that's really speaking our language. I mean, there's there's so much more that we could we could say uh, around that. I want to I want to get some more of these calls in. But Jerry, man, so insightful. Thank you so much for calling in. We agree. We agree. Yes. Yes. Let's go to Lavelle in Arkansas. Hi, Lavelle. Hello. How you guys doing? Doing good. Hello. Yes. Good. God bless marriage. You. Yes. Uh, I want to come in about marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage is a sacred thing. A lot of people take marriage for granted, but when, once you get married and say your vows, that is for life. Mm. And when two people mm-hmm. commit to each other and say the vows from the Word of God, that is something that a standard that you can live by, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to last forever and ever and ever. But people look at marriage as where I can get out of marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage is not supposed to be what mm. I can get out from this person or this person can get from me. Marriage is all about following God's rules, following what God is saying to the T. And then if we can follow the mm-hmm. basic principles of what marriage is saying with the vows added, our marriage will last forever. Yeah, I agree, Lavelle. Man, you know, and I would say something, too. I I agree with that. And I would just add, and in the midst of all of that, one of the many blessings of God is that there are things that we each get out of it. I mean, we are both in our marital relationship sanctified. We we are made more like Christ because of the way we dwell together in peace and in unity, growing, um, being provoked mm-hmm. to good good things, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in a good way yeah. uh, by one another. Let's try to squeeze in one, maybe two more calls, Will. Okay, let's go to Mary in South Carolina. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, I love your show. And Thank I you. pray God gives a fresh anointing each day that you come and bring the good word to us. I want to hearken back to yesterday's show. My thought was, I had no idea that uh, mailing, I guess, so killing kits, abortion kits via mail since I believe you said 2000, it just blew me away. And I was wondering if you knew if those numbers, all those numbers of murdered babies is counted in the 
numbers that they give us, what is it, like 60 million since February mm -hmm. has been passed. I was just wondering. That's a really more? good question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mick. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to respond to Mary's question because here's the thing. What we know about these abortions performed by mail order is that not all of the women follow up. They don't all call back to say that they've taken the pills. Mm. So what we know is the amount of pills that go out. And then we know the amount of people who call back. But we don't know those that are unaccounted for that don't don't respond. Um, all right. We're out of time for today. Until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.